Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. This phrase, everybody's been woke. Well, guess what? The rest of the working class people in America have been awakened. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. (laughs) I don't know what it's about, but I just looked up at the Twitter feed and Trump tweeted a few minutes ago, in all caps, with an exclamation point. Oh, boy. Presidential harassment. Oh, I don't know what he's referring to, but oh, those big uh, <clears throat> Supreme Court cases going to be decided. Is that what he's talking I'll about? Bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Live from Studio C. These ain't yours. Dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody! It's Thursday, it's Little Friday. We're under the tutelage of our general manager. The president's tax returns. So that uh, comes out today. I don't. I haven't been following that. So what is? What exactly is happening there? You get your characters. Congressional committees, they want to see the president's taxes, mostly so they can hammer them for political purposes. They're pretending it's legitimate. Right, right. Uh, and, and also, the prosecutor in New York wants to look at some uh, presidential taxes as well, for different reasons. But the decision is, can they make him give his taxes? Yeah, essentially the... Uh, to summarize a century of precedent or so in a couple of sentences, long and short is we've decided that the political opponents of the president, if they were given the capability to sue him and 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 accuse him of all sorts of stuff while he was in office, it would never end. Uh, right. And a lot of times, and so there's so, there's some measure of immunity given to the president. He's not above the law exactly, but he's kind of he gets to delay it. But a um. A lot of times with Supreme Court cases, we all argue like they're simple. Can you have a gun or no? Or is Obamacare okay or not? But right. it gets down to a very intricate point on that thing. Often it does, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and it, you know, it kind of gets lost among us non-lawyers or people that are really into that sort of thing. Is this one pretty straight up and down, or is it so like specific to one thing in New York no. Or is it more of a blanket? You can make the president turn over his taxes if you want. It, 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 I, I, it's more broad. Okay. Although it is entirely possible, because the Supreme Court does this all the time, they'll be confronted with a broad question and give a narrow answer. True. I, um, I'm against making presidential candidates turn over their taxes, uh, and not because it's Donald Trump. I just, I, it's always used against businessmen. Sure. Particularly wealthy businessmen. Anybody who's had any measure of success. Yeah, horribly reported. Horribly right. reported. And the mm-hmm. person that's been in government their entire <laughs> lives with a straight government paycheck, you know, of course they want to turn right. over their taxes. No matter how crappy their service, no matter how they've stolen from the taxpayers. Right. There's very little to bludgeon them with in there. But if you are a businessman who's been successful, and even if you, you follow tax law... Oh, like Mitt Romney tax law, you mean exploited loophole after loophole to save himself paying taxes. It's so easy to do. That is a classic exploiting loopholes. That's the law. That's what the law is. If you don't like it, 
If you don't like it, ask Congress to change it. Yeah, uh, I hire a guy every year and tell him, listen, you stay up till midnight looking for loopholes, <laughs> all right, buddy? Oh, speaking and of which. So does virtually everybody else. Does everybody know taxes are due a week from today? Does uh, everybody know that? What now? Does the world know that tax day is July 15th? I feel like that that's like slipped by a bunch of people. Uh, right. Right. Well, there's a I'm bit going on. I'm hoping back again. You think they will? Uh, no. no. It's a little That's late. What I'm hoping. It's a little late for that. Um, I had another thing. Yeah, so sharpen your number two pencil and get to work, folks. You got a week. I had another thing I was going to mention. The taxes, the trouble. Oh, so did, and I, God dang it, I don't want to uh, tune into the show. You've never heard us before, and you think we're one of those shows that talk about Donald Trump the whole show. We no, are not. No, no, Or the presidential election the whole show. We are not no. one of those shows. Um, but I just I came across this today. I thought it was interesting. So Tom Friedman, New York Times, uh, a, a newspaper that used to matter and a columnist that used to matter. I'm really catching on to the fact, Sean hipped me to this, I'm really catching on to the fact that for people like under 50, those things don't matter anymore. No. It just doesn't matter. You being a columnist of the New York Times is no bigger deal than that guy who's got a blog over there. You're probably a smaller deal. With the what? Quite possibly a smaller deal. Right. right. So, anyway, a guy who used to be a big deal at a newspaper that used to be a big deal wrote a column about how Biden should not debate Trump unless he meets two qualifications. One, turns over his taxes, and two, agrees to real-time fact-checking. Right. Which is hilarious. Hilarious! He can't possibly mean that. I think uh, Tom Friedman is in some sort of race toward dementia with Joe Biden himself. I read that. I, I was astonished. It read like parody. It read like The Onion or The Babylon Bee. That's hilarious. I love the idea that people even try to claim that there's such thing as free and fair fact-checking that oh, is yeah. just the definitive answer on things. Right, right. What a fantasy. It would t- And, and real-time fact-checking in a debate. You can, Politicians make statements all the time that it would take hours and several scholars right. to get to the, the, the root of whether how true it was and how not true it was. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, and and you would have to break it down occasionally and say, all right, now, folks, we're going to need to do an hour on how sugar subsidies work uh, to understand this. And, you, yeah, it's the idea that, yeah, you're going to get some tart from CNN, some numbskull from the New York Times who graduated from NYU with a degree in communism. <laughs> And, and they're going to sit up there on stage and pronounce the indisputable truth? Have you lost your freaking cerebrum, Tom? Well, and do we remember that the only time I can remember ever uh, a moderator making the mistake of jumping in with a fact check was with when whoever did it with Mitt Romney. Candy Crowley. With I'll Mitt, never forget with it. With Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. And uh, excuse me, I have to jump in here. Corrected Mitt Romney. Turns out she was wrong. Yep, and he she was right. She was wrong. Um, so that's the way that would work. But it, it, it could just be a cover to try to come up with a way, uh, 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 an excuse a lot of people would buy for why Biden doesn't have to debate. Because one thing Tom Friedman did say that is true is most of America doesn't watch all those the primary debates. Most of America has not seen Joe Biden in a long time. Right. And they're going to see him for the first time on the big stage and think, that's Joe Biden now? Well, I, I, tell I think you he's what. right about that. Listen, Trump's a unique character. I expect the debates to be insane. I, I expect they will be hilarious, disturbing, terrifying, uh, <coughs> compelling, uh, and 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 it's going to be a melee. On the other hand, to even speak the words, Joe Biden shouldn't debate unless 
that is a confession of enormous vulnerability. Wow. Can you imagine even suggesting that? <laughs> no, I mean, if Tom Friedman did not have the entirety of the American media complex behind him, he would be being hooted at so loudly today, you wouldn't be able to hear the traffic outside. Ooh. I mean, it, it, people would be cracking up, but everybody's kind of keeping, <laughs> hooting. Keeping, yeah, I'm keeping hooting it kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's, pre- let's pretend he didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, maybe more on that later, maybe not. Jackass. Uh, Kanye West's family weighed in on why they think he's running for president. Stay tuned for that. Um, as likely to know as anybody. <laughs> let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I'm, I like the idea of, during the debate, the uh, Trump campaign workers, they pipe in bird noises as every time Biden <laughs> speaks. <laughs> a seagull Trump, or a bird. Uh, Trump does it out of the side of his mouth. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> I just I don't I know Biden you, you like the bird noises so oh God what anything a, goes right what a circus that's gonna I be I mean you could every time he opens his all right Senator Biden or Vice President Biden what would you do uh, about the relationship with Mexico as soon as he opens his mouth Trump could say shut up no shut up. Just the whole time. God, I would hate... Anything goes. If I was the moderator for that debate, I'd be sweating bullets. Oh. God, that would be a I'd difficult... Be popcorn. <laughs> it's it's going to be a zoo. <laughs> anyway, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, over the 4th of July weekend, my uh, my meal of choice with uh, with some family as we as we gathered was, uh, of course, you know, grilling up a tri-tip. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic. It's, 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 it's a fine cut of beef. It's practically undefeated as a cut of beef, beef if you ask me. But the, the, the true brilliance of it is it's so much, it's very hard to eat it all. Well, it's not hard to eat it all, but uh, I had some left over, and I've been enjoying figuring out the different ways. Oh, how am I going to... Uh, Make it make a little meal out of this today. And yesterday I had some tri-tip nachos, oh. little, little little chips, little cheese, and just uh, cut up some of that leftover tri-tip on there. Oh, it was great. That sounds great. Boy, the ladies are liking hearing you talk that way. They're thinking, oh, there's yeah. a guy right there. Yeah, when I when I put that plate in the microwave and I put 45 <laughs> seconds, that's a guy who knows how to take care <laughs> of a lady. You ought to wear a chef's hat when you do that. I should. 45 <laughs> seconds, you say. <laughs> um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, July 9th. A week from tax day, uh, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. All right, let's chop up the news and throw it on some tortilla chips officially now, (laughs) according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. And I think the compromise that uh, they came up with, if implemented, will make Biden the most progressive president uh, since FDR. That sounded like Bernie Sanders. Bernard Uh, Sanders. I got to (laughs) believe... Nice. I gotta believe the Trump campaign loves that clip to be able to run in an ad from here till November. Oh, we will hear that more than once. Bernie yes. Sanders saying he'll be the most progressive president. <laughs> that's the you realize the guy on your side. That's the opposite of the message he wants to send. Well, certainly uh, when we pivot to the the general election, he will be fighting that impression tooth and nail. Right. That's the only thing that would keep him from getting elected. He's thinking in his mind. Is if people think that. Anyway, more on that later. How does uh, mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. We have some folks uh, doing some fact-checking on their own. Some research would be a better term for it. Oh, and tax day is a week from yesterday, by the way. I don't want anybody to end up in federal prison, the old Bailey or whatever, because they didn't get their taxes in on time. It's a week from yesterday. Um, Everything on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty.
catch up on all the news coming up in here in a little bit, but 1.3 million more jobless claims. Number out today. Bringing the number up. That's not good. 50 million. That's still, yeah, today, way down from what it was before, but it's still double the record pre-COVID. Right. Which is astounding. Mailbag. Jim in West Sack uh, sent along a freedom-loving quote of the day. Oddly enough, it's from me, your humble co-host, Joe Getty. Wow. Quoting yourself now. He said, uh, enjoying the discussion regarding free speech, dissent, uh, cancel culture, etc. I was reminded of something Joe said on the topic, which I subsequently transcribed and keep in a file. Okay. Well, who am I to argue with Jim in West Sack? file with your quotes in it. There you go. Here's what I said apparently someday when I was more cogent than some other days. At every single opportunity in human history, not some, every, those who wield power declare any speech that threatens their power to be unacceptable speech and squashes it. The key to the lock of oppression is free speech. Don't let the powerful declare what is and isn't acceptable speech, including you if you have the power. You don't get to decide. And I will fight you to the death and fight for you to the death to exercise your First Amendment rights, no matter how stupid your opinion is. If you don't get that, you don't get history. KDKWOF. Keep dropping knowledge warheads on foreheads. That's Jim and West Sack. Knowledge warheads on foreheads. Awesome. You know, just contemplate this. Your AOCs and your Ilhan Omar, and she she makes me sick, frankly. Probably going to lose my career over that, but um, I, I, I don't think she loves this country. Not even a little bit. But anyway, uh, they will get these things passed by telling you they're the victims. Well, wait a minute. If you can get legislation passed, you're obviously in power. You are the powerful declaring who can say what. That's exactly what I was talking about in that quote. We got this text. I just tuned in for the first time today, so this is a show that's mostly about Trump. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Almost entirely. Oh, this is so great from uh, Julie. Her uh, subject line is, oh, the irony, the idiocy. Lady Antebellum, the Country Act, Lady A, changed their name to Lady A in a fit of wokeness and publicity seeking, no doubt, as no one was asking them to. But it turns out there was already a Lady A who's been releasing albums under that name for 20 years, and now they are suing her so they can use their new chosen moniker. Plot twist, she's a black gal. So three white morons are suing a black woman to prove how woke they are? Oh, my God, Julie. Thank you for sending that along. That is just priceless. Yeah, being uh, pretty universally roasted as a performative wokeness. It, 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 well, and not only that, but I mean, they when when a black gal says, uh, I make my living under that name, they slap her down. Get out of our way. Shut up. Wow. Uh, somebody said, Maureen sent along the cover of the Rolling Stone, which used to mean something. Kids, Rolling Stone was a magazine, which is a website they print on paper for some reason. Women shaping the future. Nancy Pelosi and the new voices of the house, which of course include, um, AOC and Ilhan Omar, who wants to fundamentally change this country, including the Constitution, the free market, your rights, etc. <clears throat> Let's see. Ah, a number of people are weighing in on uh, on the history of slavery in the country and Tim Kaine's idiotic assertion that the U.S. invented slavery. Absurd. Heard you talking about the high number of slaves brought to Brazil, 5.8 million. Uh, I was curious to the number of slaves in general, and I found this site linked uh, about the details of the transatlantic slave trade. 
How many were brought to the U.S.? 305,000. The Netherlands took in 545,000. Tim Kaine is an idiot. Well, that much is clear. Uh, you know what? This is great, but it's a little long. Why don't we save that for uh, down the road? Uh, Matt says, I just finished reading The Road to Serfdom by Friedrich Hayek. Mm, there you go. The latest release with the modern forward. Seems just as relevant today as it was in the 1940s upon its release. Uh, I'd really like to hear your views about this book and its relevance today in any uh, parallels, etc. Some sort of surfing book? Maybe uh, a... Uh, no, no. Serfdom actually refers to uh, being a pauper. But the road to serfdom is just past Main Street. You take a left. That's the road to serfdom. <laughs> just, uh, Four lanes. Keep no an eye for a, a bunch of uh, minivans uh, parked by the roadside. You probably got some pretty good serfdom right there. <laughs> Uh, well, Matt, we, we certainly could talk about that book. Maybe we ought to do one of our extra-long podcasts on it. Wow, it's, that's a chewy tome right there. It is a chewy tome, Jack, but, you know, strap on your molars and get busy. <laughs> it's one of the great books ever, ever, about economic freedom and how important it is <clears throat> to a free society. Where's my chewing teeth? <laughs> I got to strap them on. Uh, let's see. Here's a grocery worker lecturing teachers to get their ass back to work. Uh, we'll get to that in a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting question. Teachers, do you want schools to open back up? Uh, text line 415-295-KFTC. You willing to go back? With the face, the face off the vid. Hmm? Armstrong and Getty. A new report claims Kanye West is having a bipolar episode. The billionaire rapper recently announced he's running for president and gave an interview to Forbes magazine this week in which he claimed, among other things, that vaccines are the mark of the beast and that Planned Parenthood does the devil's work. Now TMZ says its Kanye sources are telling him that West is in the midst of a serious bipolar episode and the family's concerned. That's interesting. Yeah, that rings true. I've known some some bipolar folks, and yeah, come to think of it, yeah, like enormous ambition coupled with some odd uh, facets to it. So in the For West, instance, the mark of the beast. So in the West Kardashian household, when Dad says, "I think I'm going to run for president," you think, "Oh, he's having a manic episode." Yeah, that's a heck of a thing going on there. Yeah. Anyway, some of your headlines of the day: another 1.3 million people in the past week. Uh, filed unemployment claims um, that the Wall Street Journal goes out of its way to make that good news as the claims are edging down, continuing to show that we're uh, on the rebound. Well, that's, you know, techni- one way to look at it. technically true. It's still horrific uh, by our nation's uh, history and that just that number, 1.3 million, is double the record pre-COVID as back in 1982, some 600,000 people filed in one week. And that was the record for 40 years. Yikes. And then all of a sudden, now we double it and we think, oh, things are looking good. The, that number that came out while we were on vacation, though, the uh, adding a combined 7.5 million jobs in May and June, that is an extraordinary number. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely fantastic. That, 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 that's you know looking more like that V-shaped recovery everybody was hoping for. So I'm happy about that. So that's your economic stuff out for the day. On the, on the uh, COVID the U.S. set another daily record yesterday for new cases, uh, surpassing 59,000. That's five national records in nine days 
for cases. Um, over the last two weeks, the number of cases is up 70%, but the number of deaths, which we uh, look to as more of an indicator, is still down 1%. So cases are up 70% over the last week, which has Fauci and everybody going crazy. And, oh, my God, it's worse than it has ever been. (sighs) But deaths are still down 1%. Right. Um, And and it's down in two weeks over a number that was fairly low. It's way down from from the peak. So are we going to catch up to that in a couple of weeks? Are are the the death numbers going to explode? I don't know. Well, and we'll have to keep an eye because, as we've said many times, you and I don't have a particular cause here. We're just trying to figure out what's actually going on. But if the uh, if a huge measure of the new cases are young, healthy people who have few symptoms and don't get very sick and have practically zero chance of dying or being seriously damaged by the disease, that's a good thing. If we could get 50 million young healthies to get this thing and get antibodies to it, you know, presuming we don't find something uh, 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 something out truly horrifying about how you don't develop antibodies or whatever, I mean, that would then we're just screwed. But anyway... presuming it's a fairly normal reaction where you get antibodies and you're immune, that would be the best thing that could possibly happen. By the way, a Yale Yale University professor said anyone who claims that the protests didn't contribute to the rise at all would be nonsensical. The rise we're seeing right now didn't have something to do with the largest protest in U.S. history. Back to the increase in cases. The president and lots of people, us, point out that, well, we're testing a lot more people. So, of course, the numbers are going to go up. How much does that account for? I'd like to know. Um, Because in June, the country was conducting 500,000 tests a day, average in June. In May, it was 350,000 a day. That's a lot more tests. But the, the rate of people, the percentage of people that have it when you test them, has almost doubled from 4.6% in the first week of June to 8 point two percent in the last week of june the percentage of people that have it and yet the number of deaths has not increased and number of deaths is not going so up. that is i mean it's not good news per se good news would be the thing goes away but given the fact that it hasn't we have a lot of young healthies who are getting it and presumably gaining antibodies. Yeah, a little more on that. A big study from England providing more evidence about the risk factors for death. This is the biggest study that's been done so far on this thing, and it's amazing how much we don't know about this, uh, having been around the world now for uh, since November, December, uh, if it's in China. Anyway, an analysis of more, of more than 17 million people, the largest study of its kind so far, has pinpointed a whole bunch of factors that can raise a person's chances of dying. Uh, the short summary of it would be being old. The study found that patients older than 80 were 20 times more likely to die than people in their 50s. So wow. not like even young people. Wow. People over 80 are 20 times more likely to die than people in their 50s and hundreds of times more likely to die than those in their 40s. It is wow. really... So a- we're not even talking strapping 21-year-old youths who are willing to walk down the street shirtless, both disgusting me and making me uh, jealous. No, we're talking about the shirted crowd. Yes, the the mandatory shirt crowd. We're talking the shirt at the pool crowd. <laughs> yes, indeed, exactly. Indeed. Positive, yes. Sean, indeed. I was out on a boat in San Diego. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> weather. Did I have a shirt on? Yes. Yes. 
swim shirt. Swim shirt's one of the great inventions ever. Sure. It's uh, SPF 50, my shirt, so it's protecting me from the sun. Yeah. And people seeing my moobs. Right, and my big old <laughs> belly. <laughs> you know, swim shirt. Why didn't they have that when I was younger? I worry some days that by uh, bringing you an independent perspective, we're just making you as nuts and frustrated as we are observing the news. I mean, for instance, if you've been watching the discussion of whether to open schools up or not lately, speaking of the communist bat fever, um, the headline, the inevitable headline, with pressure and threats, Trump pushes to fully reopen schools. Schools say not so fast. Teachers unions are angry, blah, blah, blah. Nobody ever mentions, except Fox News, and this is inexplicable, that there are a number of northern European countries, and and we're talking four or five of them, that have opened their schools, opened their schools up a few months ago with no restrictions, no social distancing, no plastic panels, no uh, kids uh, stand still at recess and try not to breathe too deeply. I mean, no restrictions. (laughs) And there is no rise in deaths. There's no rise in granny getting it. There is no terrible repercussions. The look, and that'd be explained because kids don't transmit it very easily. Yeah, correct. They tend not to get uh, sick. I mean, they have the thing in them, but they don't get sick. They don't shed virus nearly as much, and and they're fine and dandy. And and uh, again, we don't know everything about antibodies, and that's a real key to this thing. But. Uh, presumably that will help lead to uh, herd immunity, but they don't tend to bring it home and kill uh, mom and dad. So I I don't know. Have you ever seen pictures of Sweden or Denmark or uh, what was the other big one that was doing it? I should get the list, but it's it's major industrialized countries. The people are not squatting in huts in these countries. The, the schools in Sweden are not, you know, a, a cleared spot in a pasture with an oxen walking through the lessons occasionally. These are 21st century modern countries that have tried it and it's working great. And yet we here in this country act as if that's not happening, mostly because the, the the media and the Democrats want to make it entirely about Trump. So and, and, and you know it's worth noting Trump doesn't help. No, no, I mean if he would just keep himself out of some of these discussions, it would go a hell of a long way to solving the problem. In my humble opinion. But does every question have to hinge on what he most recently tweeted about? No, and whether no. or not your school opens. No. Um, sports in the COVID, the Ivy League has said we're not going to play college football this year. Also, croquet is out. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know how interested you were in how Princeton was planning to do this year as an NCAA Division uh, I football team, but... The very concept of the Ivy League makes me gag. It does, too. It does. I despise it. The whole thing makes me sick. Every aspect of it. Yeah. Bring me my horse. We're playing polo. Please untie your sweater from around your neck and use it as a mask. <laughs> anyway, what that means for other Division One conferences uh, is uh, unclear, according to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, so y- the Yaleys won't take on the hated Brown this fall. That is sad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll kiss my ass. My dad please. went to Brown, but I went to Yale, so I always have trouble deciding who to root for. <laughs> My underbite is so extreme, I can <laughs> barely form words. 
My dad pretended to be a long snapper while I pretended to be a croquet expert or something. Yeah, the, uh, the uh, Harvard announcing that it's uh, canceling all its sports is really going to make it difficult for uh, rich people to bribe their kids into the school. I mean, what are you going to have your kid be a fake astrophysicist? <laughs> there, are, there are tests for that. Right. You can't be on crew. If there's right. no crew. Right. You don't know which end of the ore to hold. It doesn't matter. Dad wrote a check for a hundred grand. Uh, one reason the Ivy League decision matters, because when I first heard it, I thought, who cares if the Ivy League plays football or not? Um, on March 10th, it became the first conference to nix its men's and women's basketball tournaments, which triggered waves of criticism, but within two days. Do you remember that? The Ivy League was the first in March Madness to say, we're not doing it. Within two days, the NBA, the NHL, MLB, and all NCAA tournaments were canceled. So they're just wondering if this is going to happen the same time, the same way this time. Well, that's proof we turn out the future leaders of this country. The Ivy League. The elite universities. Yeah, yeah the whole thing is, is it's as un-American as anything could be. Yeah. That whole thing. Quit worshiping Harvard and <laughs> Yale and Princeton. They can, you know, blank off. You want to touch my skull ring? Tell you what, you go to the University of uh, Nebraska. They're doing incredible research, teaching, etc. They're fine. Please. You know what you get at Harvard? Friggin' communists. That's what you get. You get a bunch of lunatics. Harvard law is so far left, Trotsky would blush. It's just the, the ridiculous. Please stop worshiping those so, those institutions. Ugh. Sorry, Scream. it's almost like Rant. a. Uh, it's almost like um. Uh, I was going to say pyramid scheme. That's not what I'm thinking. It's a pyramid, but it's not a scheme. It's a like the tulip thing. Uh, uh, the uh, the great Talon tulip uh, b- bubble. A bubble. It's a bubble. Yeah. yeah, it's a bubble. So it only matters to these people that also went to these schools. It matters to each other. Right. But it's like it's been building and building and building, and I think it's it's going to pop. And then all of a sudden, nobody cares. And guess what? Just nobody cares. I would hope so. There's a quasi-religious aspect to it, yeah, too. Yeah, it's weird. We hear Harvard, Yale, Princeton, or whatever, and you think, oh, these people are the best of the best. There are plenty of B students at, you know, name your college or didn't go to college who are going to change the world. And they're also not going to come out of whatever they're doing right now with bizarre, twisted ideas about how to organize a society. Yeah, all right. That's the end of that. That's rest. enough of that. Huh? Look at the patches on the elbows of my jacket. They're nice. You do that voice pretty Why'd good. Would you wear them out? I don't get it. <laughs> For a guy it who came this way. for a guy who like me went to a community college, you do that voice really, really well. Thank you. Um, uh, so we got other stuff we got to catch up on. Uh, I don't remember what it was. Something. Oh yeah, we got a Supreme Court ruling coming out while we're on the air today, and we probably ought to make sure everybody understands that before they drop the hammer. It's a biggin. It's a biggin. Stop the hammering. We have some uh, fake racism in the news. Also, uh, oh, <laughs> I came across this. This piece in Politico, uh, several crazy scenarios which could affect the election. Fantastic. It's mostly a thought experiment, but it's kind of amusing. Sounds funny to me. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, how 
Hamilton did receive some criticism this week from critics who say the show ignores the fact that Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson were slaveholders, which is fair. But if you want to talk about a lack of historical accuracy in streaming films, you should know there is not a single mention of the gay rights movement in Scoob. Excellent. You know, (laughs) it's an odd joke, but a good one. So that's somebody filling in for Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, who we now know took his sabbatical because of the pressure from he had black makeup on to play Carl Malone back in the day. Right. And uh, try to let that blow over without him losing his career. ABC decided to put him on the sidelines. CBC or CBS? ABC. ABC. You know what? That reminds me. Because he makes a lot of money. He gets really good ratings. He's a he's a big-time earner for that network, and they don't want to lose him. The young marijuana addicts seem to enjoy his act. <laughs> you know, that reminds me. I, I happened to uh, spend a little quality time yesterday with uh, a fellow uh, whose name is familiar to some of you, but n- not to many of you, Grant Napier, who was the voice of the Sacramento Kings for many years. Many years. Um, and, and much beloved. Uh, and, and he got fired for the flimsiest, most ridiculous reasons, pretty much just because he got baited into saying all lives matter by a player who didn't like him during the worst five minutes conceivable during the whole BLM, you know, George Floyd thing. That day uh, was uh, a day you couldn't, like, cross any line. Oh, no. Everybody just looked around keeping their mouths shut because the, the mob was out and just uh, taking heads and spilling blood everywhere career-wise. Bill Maher even talked about Grant <clears throat> the other day. Yeah. Um, and uh, Grant, who has enormous support among black NBA players <clears throat> and, and Hall of Famers and the rest of it, even though two minutes later he said, Oh, some people take that as a denial of Black Lives Matter? I didn't know that. That's not what I meant at all. I mean, he immediately said, I'm, I'm more than happy to talk about this. They had to fire him in a, a, a display of savage wokeness, which, you know, I will never forgive the, the Sacramento Kings for, but, uh, you know, who cares? Um, but it was, it was just brutal. Meanwhile, you got NBA, uh, I'm sorry, NFL player Deshaun Jackson uh, tweeting out quotes from Hitler about the Jews. Among other things, <clears throat> um, and uh, and and the Eagles said, eh, it's, "We don't like it. It's not good. We'll take that down." And uh, Deshaun, come on, be careful now. So Deshaun Watson tweets, "Because the white Jews know that the Negroes are the real children of Israel, and to keep America's secret, the Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. The white citizens of America will be terrified to know." that all this time they've been mistreating and discriminating and lynching the children of Israel, which is attributed to a 1980 book called The Nazis World War II, uh, quoting a uh, a speech uh, from Hitler. And then uh, Jackson also posted a clip from Louis Farrakhan in Chicago on July 4th, where he alleged the White House coronavirus advisor Dr. Fauci and Microsoft founder Gil Gil Bates, Bill Gates, were trying to uh, use the virus vaccine to depopulate the earth. So here is a guy uh, quoting Farrakhan and Hitler, and he's just told, hey, cut it out. But freaking Grant 
breathes the word Voldemort and loses his career. But that's the problem with nice country. That's the problem with vigilante justice or mob justice is it's it's arbitrary and often. Uh, well, it doesn't work well. Oh, speaking of which and and and, and listen, I, I used to get m- m- more mad at people. But as a lifelong student now of the media, I understand a lot of folks never get anything close to the truth. So the fact that they believe stuff that's loopy, I mean, you can't. You can't fault them for that. Uh, they don't know they're being fed crap. A great example. I mean, there's been so much, uh, you know, black on white violence and Mexican on Chinese violence and all sorts of violence, um, including, you know, black cops getting the hell beat out of them or shot by, uh, uh, you know, by black guys or whatever. But the only thing that's ever going to make the media is white on black violence these days. Very, very, very hot. There's that terrible situation where uh, a, a motorist ran down two people on a Seattle highway. Um, the motorist says they didn't understand the highway was closed, didn't see the people who were dressed all in black until it was too late to stop. You have not seen the mugshot because it was a black guy driving the car and he killed a white girl. I didn't know that. Right. Now, the media made a great deal of that story because it looked like more of those angry white people trying to run down protesters, which has been a fake narrative anyway. But as soon as it turns out it was a poor black fellow, poor son of a gun didn't know what he was doing. And a white chick, they totally lost interest in the story. It's not about humanity. It's about selling clicks. Bunch of liars. Uh, We have some pre court rulings coming out while we're on the show today and a lot more on China from the head of the FBI. Stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty.